Face podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. everybody welcome to episode 76 of the fantasy timeline a proud member of the dynasty addicts podcast network i'm josh at real fantasy tl i'm with my main man back in the flesh bill at super duper flex bill how you doing man man doing good excited for this evening uh one of my favorite peoples is here and um and then also uh zach's here (laughs) (laughs) wow 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 you know well, I love you, Zach. I'm joking. Well, if you haven't guessed by that introduction and you're not watching on YouTube, which you should, go on YouTube, follow the DAP network, and uh, you would be able to see uh, our faces and our guest face, Zach Reed at Tacit Assassin 13. Zach, how you doing, man? Not too bad, but I'm not sure my face is a drawing point. You may want to just say, you know, it's your faces, uh, not not nah. mine, to, to drive content to to YouTube because, or or you know, we don't. Nobody needs to see this. I'm a five and a half at best. I've made my peace with it. You know, I I, I make it up in other other ways. So it's, now, it's look, the film grinded. Now look, look, Zach. If people can sit through an hour or an hour and a half of my face, <laughs> you are quite all right. You have nothing to worry about in that department. So. <laughs> We got we got you out here, Zach. We're glad to have you. Glad you could come on, especially with this being our draft month. We're only eight days away. Woo. We're getting there. Oh man, it, it's exciting. It's it's so exciting. You know, people are talking about you know the the draft shows they're going to be doing. Uh, I know Bill and I will be on the Dynasty Theory draft show on uh, day one. We got the 11 o'clock to 12 hours. So <laughs> right when you think you've heard it all, um, come on and watch us because I'm going to say something uh, incendiary, inflammatory, and uh, people won't like it, and I'm cool Trollish. with that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, let's face it. The Jets are going to make a mistake at two. They might make two mistakes in the first round. I don't know yet, but they'll make a mistake <laughs> at two. Um I, I think Bill's Lions are actually kind of in a really sweet spot to clean up if they play the cards right. If uh, Dan Campbell can bite some kneecaps off of the draft, yes. um, they're in a good spot. Uh, Zach is a Patriots fan. They're they're interesting. They're at 15. Everybody and their mother has them projected to trade up to get one of these QBs. They're gonna trade. They're gonna trade back, and and we'll have. Uh, Two, three second round picks and and another first next year and like another second like all that's tight ends. Uh, yeah it's all good like I, I I'm not I I never get excited about the draft uh, the the last time I got excited about the draft 
last year, and and I was like, Justin Jefferson is going to fall to the Patriots, and I think Belichick had that same thought. And then Minnesota took Jefferson, and Belichick immediately was like, "How with this first round, I'm out." Yeah. And just tra- he was like, "No," and and so we're just kind of used to used to that. So. Which is fine because honestly, Bill Belichick doesn't wake up until like the last hour of day two of the draft anyway. That's when he's really like, you know, he's kind of like that pool hustler that like he'll let you sink the first like three or four balls and your confidence up. And then he just comes in and clears the table and you're like, wait, what happened? I thought we were doing good. And Bill Belichick's like, nah, rounds three through seven. That's all me, buddy. That's all me. You get rounds one and two. Get as many picks as you want. I clean up in those late rounds. I'll tell you, I'm really, I'm really prepared this year for for Belichick's like seventh round, sixth round. Uh, I, I've been scouting heavily the McGill University uh, lumberjack team, and because you know he's going to do something like that, uh, and and so I, I'm, I've got it narrowed down. There are a couple of a couple of the the lumberjacking uh, lumberjacking crew up at McGill that I have got my eye on in that in that sixth round for Belichick. Uh, and I mean, it, it's kind of funny because uh, this isn't part of the news, but there have been a couple of uh, guys signed through this uh, this international pathway program. I know the. Giants signed a tight end from uh, Chile, and there was a running back from Austria signed. I'm trying to – Washington, I think. No, Washington, or, or maybe I I wa- no, Washington signed the tight end. So the, it okay, was, I mixed um, that up. Yeah, and and this is a guy don't, – don't tell Bill because we're in a, a rookie draft right now together, but, but that's a, a guy that um, – is is really interesting. I don't know. I, I'm going to pull him up because I've gotten I've I've got some stuff written down about him. Uh, so I know he's a former basketball player. Yeah. So so oh. his name is his name is Sam, Samus Reyes, and uh, he played basketball uh, uh, somewhere. I, man, J. Mike is messing with my. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he played. Yeah, played ball. He played basketball at Tulane. And his, if you follow Kent Lee Platt, uh, who's at Math Bomb, who does the the RAS scores, the the relative athletic scores, and who started out as uh, kind of a humble spreadsheet nerd, you know, fantasy football kind of like the rest of us, and now the NFL is actually paying attention to the the uh, the RAS scores because it's such a great way to kind of group everything together from combine and pro day. But Samus Reyes uh, got a perfect. 10 on the RAS score for tight end. Uh, wow. he, he ran, he ran a, uh, a four, six. Uh, he's just like, he's huge. He's six, five, two ran a four, six bench 31 reps. I mean, like this is a guy who, if you're looking late round at athleticism, like we talk about with tight ends is somebody to keep on the radar. Now he's never played football, so there's going to be some, some growth. So, you know, if you don't have a taxi squad or you don't have room on your your bench or you're not in a like a heavy premium, I wouldn't worry too much about it. But it is like this is interesting with the the pathways program that that we're getting interest from other places now. Yeah, and we've we had two over the last week. Uh, it seems like the NFC East so far is taking advantage. The Giants signed a running back from Austria, which uh, just looked at some of his highlight tape, and obviously highlight tape is highlight tape for a reason. But I mean. 
He looked good. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to make a team or he's going to be somebody to keep an eye on, but he has some shiftiness. He's got some speed. I mean, who know? I mean, this will be interesting to see over the years if this continues where, you know, where we'll be seeing players come from, you know, what they've done, you know, what other athletic background they have, you know, before getting into this program. It'll it'll be fun to see. And don't don't you get extra spots like in the practice squad or something for signing these guys or something like that for like developmental? I think, I think there was something I had read. I think you do because I think Belichick had uh, a player last year that was that was from from that the international program, and he, you know if Belichick's doing it, it's a way to gain some minute advantage. So, yeah. So. Um... So yeah, we 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 got off on on that tangent already, but they, you know that, <laughs> there's gonna be more of those. No, trust me, we 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 have we have a uh, we have a big brain film grinder with us, so we're gonna we're gonna get on some uh, some tangents. And this is from our, our DAT Network brother, uh, Dynasty FF Attic Rocky Petrella. Uh, <laughs> make sure he talks about Tutu's BMI. Uh, Rocky, peek behind the curtain. We did that pregame. We were talking about Tutu's <laughs> BMI and. Uh, what can what we can expect but uh you know we'll get we'll get zach fired up on some other stuff trust me we got more <laughs> in the bag of tricks besides tutu's bmi so uh so we'll go there um you know let's hit the news i mean there wasn't a lot this week uh you know last couple of weeks we've been spoiled we've been you know we've been talking about trades we've been talking about you know player movement and all this stuff um I think the main event, the uh, the headline, since there wasn't much, was Alex Smith retiring. I mean, what kind of what an amazing career Alex Smith had because he was the number one overall pick the same year that Aaron Rodgers dropped into the twenties, and it was rocky in San Francisco. They were always switching up head coaches and offensive coordinators on him. Then he finally kind of gets in a groove with Harbaugh in town and then Colin Kaepernick happens and he gets put back on the bench. And, you know, then he goes to Kansas city and kind of Andy Reid unlocks him a little bit. You know, he's in the playoffs every year. (laughs) Then some guy named Patrick Mahomes gets drafted, you know, then he's out of town. He's in Washington has that horrific leg injury. You know, people were talking about they were going to have to amputate his leg. And then not only does he not have his leg amputated, he rehabs to the point where he comes back and everyone was like, oh, it's cool. He's back on a roster. Like, this is really good to see. No one ever thought he would actually be in a game again. (laughs) Then he comes back last year. He plays. He plays well. Leads uh, Washington to the playoffs. Unfortunately, is hurt and can't play in that playoff game. But, you know, what a a career. Uh, Any... Do you guys have any good Alex Smith uh, fantasy moments that ring a bell for you guys? <laughs> Bill says no. The, well, the the last year, it's really funny because you think about Alex Smith as being the dink and dunk, the you know the the game manager, and that the last year he was in Kansas City, he led the NFL in in deep ball percentage yep. and, and and that sort of thing. So it was like he. He kind of chameleon. He did whatever whatever they asked him to do, and and it's it's too bad seeing him retire. But it's also like 
to me, it's a little bit of like wipe your brow. Like every time he was in there, you're always kind of worried about him getting hit. And, and the NFL needs to take their comeback player of the year award and rename it the Alex Smith comeback player of the year award. Like I, cool. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any any reason why they shouldn't. He's always been a phenomenal guy. You've never heard a yep. bad word about him nope. off the field, on the field. Like it, it's it's all been been glowing, and so it's you know it's it's one of those. It's a double edged sword. It's it's sad to see him go, but it's also kind of you know nice to have seen him play one more time yep. and before Good he rode off. Into the, yeah, before he rode off into the sunset. Yeah, I mean, I remember that first play that he came in in Washington. And Aaron Don- Aaron Donald jumps on his back, and I'm like, yeah, "Don't oh, do man. that! Don't do that!" <laughs> like, I'm like everybody's I'm, cringing. I'm you know, yelling at the TV, and, and you know, Alex Smith gives him a piggyback ride for a couple yards, and I'm just like, "Oh God, his leg! Please let him be!" And then he pops back up, and you're like, uh, "Okay, like we can all breathe easy now." I agree. Rename that comeback player of the year the Alex Smith Award. I don't know if there will ever be a player that comes back from an injury of that degree, yeah. I would find it to be very hard to do that. And the complications that he went through. Yes. Like, I mean, you got to add that, you know, there's, there's a secondary thing. Like he had to go through surgeries just because of complications as well. So it's just crazy. I mean, may, maybe the, the worst injury we saw last year was to Dak Prescott. And it's like, no one was ever like Dak Prescott might lose his foot. Like, I mean, just yeah. just to think that like one of the first things people were saying after that injury is, "Hey, he might lose his leg." I mean, that just kind of shows you where he started from, and then to end up playing multiple games on a winning team, a team that made the playoffs. I mean, it's just amazing. Good for him. Uh, you know, I you know had Alex Smith here and there on some teams. Was never like. Was never like, yeah, I have Alex Smith. This is great, you know. But I mean, hey, he started some games. He probably won me a week or two that I can't remember. But you know, good for him. Uh, he had a great career, and it is, uh, it's good to see that he can he can retire, you know, pretty healthy. Yeah. Before we go to the timeline, um, there was, uh, I think, the recommendation, or they they voted on the uh, numbers thing today. Mm-hmm. And that passed. And then there was another thing that I just read a real quick summary on where they're think they're going to try something for the, uh, when they're doing uh onside kick or where you can only have nine guys hmm. forward on uh, the receiving team. Hmm. So like it makes it easier for the kick, the team that are kicking to recover the ball. Interesting. So, because most teams usually put 10 or 11 up there. Right. You know. Put your hands team up there. Yeah. So, I don't know if that's something, like, it's just going to be a preseason trial thing or if it's going to be something that, you know, but that was something that they voted to at least test, I guess. That'll that'll be interesting to see. And, you know, um, we could just wrap up with this really quick because this was kind of a rumor that came out. I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before, that uh, Miami may be looking to move back in the draft again, which I wonder if that's because they're getting some calls from teams below them looking for QB. And I wonder if, you know, 
if there are, you know, two or three, maybe even four teams calling to move up to that spot for a quarterback, they may be able to move down again, get some more assets, and still get the guy they want. So that, that'll be interesting. I mean, Miami's been playing it perfectly. They, they've been playing it perfectly for the last few years, man. Yeah, since since Chris Greer got there, man. Chris Greer has been – and I tweeted that out uh, probably a year and a half or two years ago. I said, when are we going to start talking about Chris Greer with what he's done, you know, accumulating picks? And, like, you look at what he ended up with for Laramie Tunsil, and then, yeah. you know, all of a sudden, you know, moving around – and and I like I think I think Tua is a lot better than people give him credit for. I think that he even even last year I think he played better than people think he did. If you go back and and look at the statistics, I th- the the big kind of the flashing lights were oh he got pulled out of the end of a couple of games, but if you actually watch what he did, I, I think that man you add a couple of pieces with receivers there. Which you can get by trading back. You add, you know, a little bit of depth to that line, and 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 then add some defensive help. And holy cow, the Dolphins are are near the top in in the uh, the AFC East. Like I just, it's scary to think, but but they're there. And, and it's funny because we, you know, we talked about the move from three to twelve, and then back up to six. And something I really haven't heard anyone talk about is. By the way, they have a second first round pick. No, no yeah. one talks about this other pick because they've done so much movement with that pick that started out at three and currently sits at six. But they still have another first round pick. And if you think that they're not willing to move that around, depending on how the board shakes out, you have. You know which pick that is? I believe it's eighteen, but oh, I wow. could be off on that. So they could even do a couple move backs in the first with those too. Jeez, that's they're and, gonna own like the twenty twenty three draft when they keep trading back. Well, and that's the thing, like, and it's so funny that we, you know, we don't talk about that pick because obviously it is, you know, it's not the first, it's not the first pick that they have, and they've already moved <laughs> that first pick twice. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that yeah, it's pick eighteen. Okay. So it's one of it's one of those things that, you know, they could maybe move. Let's say they move down to nine, where Denver is picking right now. Pick up maybe another first in either twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three. You, you know, said fifteen, right? Not nine to back to fifteen. Is that what you said? Oh, I well, I was no. saying if they traded back to nine with with no, Denver. I, no, I know uh, the Pats. The Pats pick at fifteen. So I was, I know the Pats I was trying to get up there for a quarterback, man. Which I I wouldn't be shocked if they did, but I don't think they will. Just because no. it seemed like they didn't stick around at twelve all that long, they kind of had something set up with Philly. You know, saying, "Hey, if we get this, you know." If we trade this third pick, we want to trade up to six. What is it going to take? And Philly was like, "All right, this is our price," and they were like, "Cool." So I don't, <laughs> I don't think they want to drop below ten. Yeah. But you know, it, I mean, you still have Denver at nine. You know, maybe the Lions are a wild card at seven that nobody's talking about. I don't think they are. They seem to want to accumulate picks, not give them away. But you know, maybe, maybe. 
they love Justin Fields, and if they see him there at at six, they you know they trade a second or something like that to move up one spot. Um, you know, so and you know who knows? Maybe I'm wrong, and Patriots do trade up from fifteen, or Washington trades up, or Chicago trades up for a huge haul. You know, so they they have a lot of uh, <laughs> they have a, a lot at their disposal. So. Mm. Uh, they'll they'll be fun to watch. They'll be maybe the most interesting team to watch on day one to see what they do with all of their assets. So, all right. So I think we nailed what little news there was. Um, so we are going to move on to what we saw on the timeline. And our first one here is from KMAC at KMAC248. Now, K-Mac actually presented this question last week, but we got so in-depth on different uh, prospects and everything that I didn't even ask this question. And it kind of works out that you're here, Zach. <laughs> so um, his question is, who has your, vi- your favorite voice of fantasy football podcast? He said his 101 is your co-host on the Dummies, uh, at J. Mike Check. And... You know, K-Mac, you can't ask a question and then take my answer because then, you know, I don't know what to say. But since <laughs> since J-Mike is taken, I will, oh my I will goodness. take my, my alternate 101 at Super Duper Flex, my yeah. favorite voice <laughs> on a podcast. So, Zach, since you're our guest, we'll, we'll let you go next. Who is your, your 101 of Fantasy fo- Podcasts? So I mean, like, look, if J Mike is gone, because J Mike is the easy answer. Like, I don't think there is is another answer for the one hundred and one, uh, whether it's whether it's on the open bar, or whether it's keeping me in line over with the dummies, or even uh, you should check out his. He does a solo one called J Mike's yes. Journal, which Love is that. which is not fantasy football, but very relevant to uh, to life, humanity, that sort of thing. Like, he's easily the one hundred and one. Uh, for man, I don't, I don't even know. I, I don't know who I would choose as a voice. I mean, I have a lot of people that I like to listen to, right. but not necessarily. Like, I love to listen to Russ uh, Dynasty Outhouse, Russ Fisher. Uh, I love to listen to JJ Zacharyson, who's mm-hmm. you know at late round quarterback. Like, but I don't know. I get, I get, I guess Dynasty Frank, but he doesn't even record anymore. I mean, he's like a bull rush every like. <laughs> Two years, you you'll be able to catch him next Thursday because they do the the uh, the shot cast to oh. to do the draft. So he'll be on there. But like, I, like that's my like. I, you got to be distinctive. You got to have some je ne sais quoi, as the French say. You know, you got to have something. And and I, uh, the only thing I know is I don't have that. I have a, a terrible. I have a, a face for TV or a, a voice for TV <laughs> and a and a face for podcast. So like, I just. I don't have that. I have. I can. I, I can ramble, and and I have a lot of uh, a lot of words at my disposal. But I I don't have that sonorous quality to my voice. So I don't know. I don't know if uh, Zach actually gave us an answer, but we'll let him we'll let him slide on this. <laughs> no, I gave you. I said Frank, like Frank, oh, Dynasty Frank, yeah, but Frank, he doesn't actually Frank, podcast. So but fair. I love that. I love the New York. Maybe Sal Lido because he's got that same New York. Yeah, like, Sal. Yeah, does so I, I, I like that because it's you know it's it's very distinctive. You hear you hear Sal and you're like, oh, like 
you know, it there there's Sal, and so so that's that's you gotta have you gotta have that hook, man, with your voice. Don't worry, Sal, Sal has a a face for radio too, so it's all right. <laughs> Sal, you know I love you. All right, Bill, who's your one on one? Huh. Um, of not selected. I mean, I always love li- listening to Sigmund Bloom. Like he's okay. one of my favorites. That's a good one. Um, like I could listen to him all day. So I think like that's probably where I would go. Um, and I just had thought of somebody and then I completely just blank. So, um, I'll probably just blurt it out, um, in a little bit, but, um, I don't know what's happening to my brain right now. I also, I also like listening to, uh, Ryan McDowell, his, his southern accent just kind of puts me at ease like no matter what he, yeah even if he's calling up voice. about something it like puts me at ease i'm like all right like, yeah i ray, like matt ray williamson Gar- too like i would say he just uh i don't know what it is he kind of sounds like an old old time uh radio guy like so <laughs> like i just I, I like him in that regard so i like that so, one what was your exact no, I said Ray Ray Garvin uh, is is really good too. Yes, um, but they, like there's just there's so many. Like we, we're yeah. this is a beautiful age right now in terms of content. Like there are so many really really good fantasy football content creators right no now. Doubt. It's awesome. Man. It's so good. Yeah, I mean my my podcast subscriptions are like insane and then i have you know maybe that much uh subscribed to on youtube so it's just like i always have red numbers because i can't keep up because there are just so many i mean (laughs) so many smart people so many funny people so many smart people it's like it's crazy and steve dennis has one here we we should all be so lucky to be introduced by larry monkey once in our lives so I, I've been on the hot sauce podcast a t- couple of times. Uh, he's introduced me. He, uh, he, he could be an announcer. He could, uh, <laughs> he, he could, uh, he could Bruce buffer it and announce for like UFC and pro wrestling <laughs> and stuff like that. He's, he's got that, that energy to his voice. So Steve, I agree with you. Uh, being introduced by him, I I've been able to do it a couple of times and it's always, uh, it's always been fun. So, all right, we got we got some of the non-fantasy out of the way. We'll get it, we'll get into the fantasy now. So uh this tweet here is from J Money at J Money Jarrett. So this is a super flex 12 team league. So what side would you want here? The 102 or the 103 and the 208? And uh Zach, since you are our our resident guru in here. We're gonna let you go first. You're you're gonna pass the super flex question off to me uh, in, instead of Bill, who is at super duper flex. Like you're gonna you're gonna pass. I'll I'll take it. Like I'll okay. take it. But I, <laughs> I, I he, think I'm he hears the, enough from me, so you know. This is, uh... <laughs> I I think I'm in the minority because I would want more than the 208 to move that spot. And that that sounds weird because this is such a good quarterback class, and and everybody's been talking about what a deep class this is. I think it dries up right around if you're in a twelve team league, right around 
202, 201, 202 in a super flex. And if you're going to uh, move back, like you're giving up the fact that you are going to have a very good idea about what the NFL thinks about these quarterbacks. So next Thursday, we're going to know the top five quarterbacks, where they landed, where they went with draft capital, whether or not they're going to play this year, essentially, and to give up your choice of that second pick for whoever is left after Lawrence. And then I, I still think it's Justin Fields. That's that's the second. I think Fields and Lawrence are a lot closer than people are giving them credit for. Uh, and then to me, it's it's you know, Wilson and Lance and, and Mac Jones is kind of that fifth guy for fantasy. I'm not like, if you're an NFL team, I think Mac Jones can, can do some serious stuff for you. I think he's a great game manager. I think he gets the ball out quick. I think if you're in a West coast system, he's fantastic. And if I have players receivers on his team, I'm very excited about Mac Jones landing somewhere, but for fantasy, I think you're going to see there are going to be, it's, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence, and then somebody is going to be that clear number two. I think it's Fields, but we'll see. And, and I don't want to give up uh, my chance at making that decision for Kadarius Tony or Brevin oh. Jordan. Like, I, I just – that's not what I want. I want to have that choice. And you can keep your 208. Yeah. Bill, go ahead. Yeah, I think that that's a move you could make like draft day if you really wanted to. And so I don't want to make a move like that without all the information I can get. And I, I just feel like that's just a, anybody's going to make that decision or will make that trade. If they're willing to do it now, they're going to be willing to do it in a week and or two weeks, like when draft start or whatever. So um and I agree with Zach. Like, I mean, I, I, I want to make the decision, um, you know, so I want to, even if it's like, even if the, I, let's say I want to take a position player, a 208 is not enough for me to make that trade now and then pick that position player with the 103. I'd just rather be able, I, I'd rather take the risk and roll the dice and just have that 102. And then if I end up not being able to make a trade, I just make that same pick at 102. So, but we'll see how things kind of balance out because maybe, you know, sometimes, you know, you lose like the 105 was the tier cutoff or something. But then after the draft, it might be the 103. Right. But then other years, it might be the 106. So, like, it's kind of like, you know, you're kind of playing, you're rolling the dice a little bit. And I think just the earlier pick, you, you have you got to hold on to that unless you're getting a, a good you know piece back with it um it's just not worth it uh i'm in a hundred percent agreement with both of you guys uh zach my top two are your top two it's trevor lawrence and justin fields and honestly i don't i don't see there's not a, a realistic scenario that I can see that would switch that for me. That would that would drop Justin Fields out of two and and put him at three. Um, so to drop down from a guy who I think is actually a lot closer to Trevor Trevor Lawrence than any of us are talking about, uh, 
I'm not going to do it for. It's funny you said Kadarius Tony, and that was the guy that popped into my head when <laughs> 208 was mentioned. Um, I was also thinking like maybe like uh, like Trey Sermon or Chuba Hubbard, but, but like, do I want the wide receiver eight, nine, or ten in this class, or the running back five or six? When let's face it, we're only talking about three running backs, or even like the tight end three or four. No, thank you. I don't. I don't. I don't want that addition to move back a spot. I mean, honestly, I, I'm not going to lie. I like Justin Fields so much to move back that one spot. I would need another first. That's just me. And I'm not saying that's what, that's what a trade calculator would tell you. And that may not be other people's value, but I like Justin Fields that much to get me off. I need another first in this draft. So I don't know how you, I don't know if you guys think that's uh hot spicy or hot takey but i mean yeah i'm not move i'm not moving back to draft what maybe one of the other qbs maybe it's trey lance maybe it's zach wilson or naji you know like nope not me so hey zach who is your number three quarterback uh, right now, uh, my number three is Wilson. Uh, but I don't feel great about it. Like, yeah, uh, he, he's fine. Like, uh, again, I, I think that the, he makes some really, really impressive throws, but, uh, I, I think that if you watch his receivers and kind of the inability to produce after the catch, a lot of that to me is on is on Zach Wilson, where it's it's almost the opposite of Mac Jones, where like you watch Mac Jones and he's putting the ball out in front of receivers and they're catching the ball. And granted, he's got really good receivers. He's got Devontae Smith and and you know, he, he had Waddle and he had, you know, he had good receivers, but he's also putting the ball in a spot where they can succeed, where I think Wilson doesn't always give you that, but he's still got that combination of, you know, being really accurate, having that big arm that, that you want to see and having the ability to not run as a first uh, option, but run to keep the defense honest and, and, and have that, you know, that mobility where, you know, and, and, the, and he and, and Lance are close for me. Like it, it's it's right there, and and I know J Mike has has Trey Lance above above Zach Wilson, yeah, and I do. and I wouldn't like I wouldn't I wouldn't fight you that much on it, um, because but I they're I in the do, same tier to me. So like yeah, yeah, exactly what you're saying. It's just not even like yeah, yeah. Like, like I I really like I I really like a lot of of what Trey Lance does, especially with his like. I think he's the best runner in this class yeah. although i mean trevor lawrence is really good yeah like, he's people, a really good people sleep Underrated. on him because he got the the golden locks and the like but he can like he can haul yeah and 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 i think but i think trey lance is you know everybody wants to know okay who's the next lamar jackson and there isn't one but trey lance runs the closest to lamar jackson like where he can beat you as a first option with his yes. legs, and and I don't think that any of the other guys outside of of Lawrence, but he doesn't like Lawrence doesn't 
doesn't very often use that right. as his first option. So, so yeah, to, to me right now, it is, it is Lawrence, it is Fields, it is Wilson, it is Lance, but Wilson and Lance are in a tier. So it's, it's Lawrence tier one with just a little knit down to Fields and then, and then Wilson and Lance in, in that next tier. And then again, I, I like Mac Jones. But he's the fifth guy. But he's he doesn't run. Yes, right. like, exactly. He literally had 42 yards rushing, period. Full stop, 42 yards. Okay. I, I like I make that run uh across the road at lunch, you know, to the burger place. Like that's 42, that's it. 42 yards. And you saw Tom Brady just throw for what? Like 5,000 yards or almost 5,000 yeah. yards last year, and he finished as the quarterback 11 because he doesn't run. run. So to expect Mac Jones to come in and like put up quarterback one numbers, now that the NFL has shifted to using mobile quarterbacks and understanding that 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 RPO, that, that option that freezes the linebackers, that makes the defense just hesitate that extra second is incredibly valuable – the NFL has shifted toward running quarterbacks, and fantasy has always been toward running quarterbacks. Now we just got a whole bunch more of them. Yeah. And, Bill, I appreciate you for letting me keep my streak alive. Zach Wilson, QB4. Uh, <laughs> this is now the third straight week I've been able to say it, and I said it in a couple of uh, episodes before this, but uh, that's not that's not the popular opinion, but uh, well, I mean, but, but the correct opinion. <laughs> I mean, we're we're all in the same ballpark, so it's yeah. like you know. I, I think that that's probably consensus now. I don't hear a lot of people saying that he's like there too, even though that's the draft. You know right. what I mean? Like, even though that's like where he'll probably get drafted. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we had the one guest who that he was their number one. Yes, um, Devin, Devin. But um, you know, I think he's an outlier in regards to, you know, people's rankings. And, and our buddy Drew here saying he feels like a politician flopping between Lance and Wilson, depending on the day. And that's <laughs> legit, right? Because, like, I mean, I get it. Because, like, see, when I say I like Lance better, it's because I feel like um, I feel like he can develop into yeah. a higher-end quarterback. I, f I don't feel like um, that's necessarily the case with – how am I already blanking on his name? Zach Wilson. Wilson. Thank you. Um, that like, I feel like he has like a, a ceiling. Right. And I, I, but I think like, if you were going to say who's the best quarterback this year, I would say it's going to be Zach Wilson. 100%. But like, who's going to be the quarter best quarterback in three years. I think the answer is the opposite. And, and the reason, and I'm with you, Bill. And that's one of my main reasons why I have Lance at three. I feel like in three years, he has the ability, if he's developed correctly, to be the second best quarterback coming out of this draft. And I think we I think we've kind of seen Zach Wilson maxed out. Obviously, like NFL is gonna clean up some things, gonna make him a little bit better. But I, I think, you know, he he's kind of almost hit his ceiling where I think Trey Lance could you know kind of crash through the ceiling a little bit but what you said are are the three scariest words to me around <laughs> draft if sure. 
he develops. And, yep. and like, I, like I have a hard enough time evaluating quarterbacks. I don't like full disclosure. Quarterback is my worst position evaluating. Uh, and and I've been I've been lucky. I was on the Mahomes train. I was on the Watson train. And and I have a a fantastic clip where Kyle, uh, you know, crapped on me from from above. As I said, Lamar Jackson had uh, the was was the best fantasy quarterback in in his class that came out with with Baker. Like I, I've I've been lucky on a few, but like overall, quarterback is so hard to evaluate. Well, and, and I mean the NFL has problems with that too, so it's not like you know. <laughs> it ain't just and, you. And, so. and then to and then to but then to be be looking at Trey Lance and saying if someone develops him is like that's so scary to me. Well, and I think it's just like we have less known with him because he plays at a smaller school. He's, you know, he's dominating his opposition. He doesn't have to do nearly as much, you know, like right. he just runs. He can run anytime he wants to at that level and succeed. I mean, that's why that what last year he or two seasons ago when he had 20 some touchdowns and zero yep. picks, you yep. know, and it's just like. I think that he and they say his work ethic is incredible. So like like those are things that I like to hear especially with a quarterback, somebody that has the skills or the or has the um you know physical abilities and and has succeeded when he where he is and then also having that work ethic and and the ability to um because of his, you know, physical traits like he can become an exceptional quarterback and and so i think that i'd rather especially in like a 12 team super flex it might be a little bit different maybe 14 team i might be more apt to take the guy who's going to perform now but like in a 12 team i'm willing to roll a dice on a um somebody for the higher upside than um 14 team super flex a little bit harder so maybe i take the guy who at least the first year if he's i think he's going to perform better i can move him for somebody else and Maybe I move them for Lance plus, you know, at the end of the season or something. Well, and, and one of the reasons why I like Lance too is because he can throw the ball. He's not a guy that says I can run, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna tuck it and run. He can throw, which you know makes me excited. Yes, I know we all saw the Zach Wilson. He can throw on the run. He can throw with both feet <laughs> in the air, and and that's cool. Like it, it's fun to watch, but. We see balls like that, and, and Zach, you can attest to this. When guys got one foot in the air or two feet in the air and they try to throw it, a lot of the times those balls get picked. The, those are pick sixes, and we're watching highlight videos of a of a cornerback just strutting that right back into the end zone. So as fun as it is to watch on pro day, and even when BYU is playing, you know, you know New Mexico State or whoever they're playing, and he can do that, you know, the NFL is a different breed and, you know, you can get away with that every once in a blue moon. But if, you know, you try to make that a regular part of your game, uh, it, it ain't going to work out, you know, as often as it did in college. So that that's another thing. So, Jay Money, keep your 102. Look for something better. Even if it's on draft day, you can get better than. Uh, Kadarius Tony. Oh, I say the name and I even it, it P- makes Peter me Howard. Shudder. Peter Howard has, has taken to calling him Kadarius Toenail. 
and I get that stuck in my head, and I'm like, no, I got to say Tony. I got to say Tony. Listen, you can say toenail on this show because um, <laughs> it, it's funny. I don't know if you've if you've seen this uh, throughout the uh, the Twitter sphere, but in our listener league, we actually have a uh, we have a bet going on um, Will Fuller versus whoever is drafted at the two hundred one. And oh, I think Will Fuller, I think. But and it's funny because we we talked about this last week, and at first I went Will Fuller, and then I was kind of looking what? at who could be there at two hundred one, and there's some if 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 Rondell Moore is there to two hundred one, I may have to abstain because I am I have a, a, a an unhealthy uh, love for for Rondell Moore, but uh, outs outside of that, like. I'm telling you, like it really drops off right after that first round mm-hmm. in a 12 team superflex. It gets really thin. There might be a couple of guys that are there that I like if if somebody gets taken what I consider to be too highly. You right. Know? So it's I've got probably 12 or 13 guys that I'm interested in with those five quarterbacks. So so Zach, there was in our our draft. Here's a few of the players that went in that range. Um, so at 112, uh, Rashad Bateman. Uh, 113, Jalen Waddle. Then uh, Terrence Marshall, and then Rondale Moore. Yeah, so see, like more no, like more. I'm excited about Bateman. I'd be excited about Waddle. Is like right on that. Right, yeah, so three yeah. out of the four of those yeah. maybe have a yeah. chance. And, yeah, and and I don't know. It's not like, but but you're also like, if if Will Fuller's healthy, and I know that's a big if, and everybody's been saying that. And like when he first came into the league, and he had like four or five big games. I know Kyle and I went on the Dynasty Dummies, and I said, you know, trade uh, Will Fuller right now and get because you could get like two first for him because he had. He had like three games in a row where he had 100 yards and he had two touchdowns in a couple of them. And I was like, trade him, trade him now. And it only comes back to bite me intermittently. I think I'd still rather have the whatever I got for the two firsts, you know, for the, you know, the six games every two years of, of Will Fuller. But like when he is rolling, Will Fuller is, is, unstoppable man he's he's absolutely like he gets over the top of defenses uh in a way that you haven't seen since probably deshaun jackson and fuller's bigger and so it's it's like it's it's really crazy when he's healthy so uh jerry o'shea friend of the show will be very happy because he's on the will fuller side of this bet and larry monkey is on the 201 (laughs) side of this bet so It'll be very interesting, actually. Bill and I are in uh, are in top secret talks right now, trying to uh, trying to work out a deal to trade to the two hundred one to uh, <laughs> to control the fate of this bet, so to speak. But um, but yeah, that would. But it's funny because um, Larry asked people to be in a uh, in a rookie mock on the uh, the FTC, the Fantasy Timeline Chat. You want to be involved? Uh, Hit us up. We'll put you in there. A lot of good people talking and chatting around. Shameless plug. And <laughs> Kadarius Tony was taken at 201. Ooh. And I said, if someone is crazy enough to do that in our in our draft, which actually is Drew. Why are you advertising that? We want them to do that. 
<laughs> With, well, it's Drew, uh, and Drew right here says, "Let's make a deal." Drew, we'll be we'll be calling you. We're gonna get on the uh, the big football football helmet phone and, and give you a call. <laughs> but um, he has he has a two hundred one right now. But I was like, man, if somebody takes Kadarius Tony, Jerry Jerry is taking that to the bank because <laughs> there there is no way, <laughs> no how on any team that Kadarius Tony is going to outscore Will Fuller unless Will Fuller blows the hammy in week two when he comes back from the suspension. Um, yeah, I just, if you haven't figured it out, I'm not high on Kadarius Tony. So, <laughs> but Drew, if, you, if that's the pick you're going to make and you're going to tank it for, uh, for Jerry, just let me know beforehand and I'll, I'll put some side action in on that bet. And I'll trade for the 202. <laughs> I think we have the 202. <laughs> yeah, take Kadarius Tony. It works out well for everyone. Uh, it, it's it's funny you you look at Will Fuller last year, and obviously he was injured, and he finished like wide receiver thirty or something mm-hmm. in PPR. But if you look at uh, per game, he's ten right ahead of Justin Jefferson and AJ Brown. Yep. So like again, like I'm not advocating Will Fuller, but as a as a cheap option as as somebody that you can uh, acquire for next to nothing. you that that's one of those things where you could probably like package together a second round pick this year and like maybe another second next year which uh, seconds don't matter to me at all and and acquire will fuller and if he was like your wide receiver three or four and you could plug him in weeks that he was healthy well and and that's actually how this bet got started. Th- this trade happened in one of the trade addicts leagues where Will Fuller was traded for the 113, which is that compensatory pick that Russ gives yeah, out yeah. for winning the uh the toilet bowl. And that's how this whole got all whole thing got started. There were, you know, your Will Fuller people and then the anti-Will Fuller people came out and somehow from all of the conversation and there were plenty of people involved in the conversation. Jerry and Larry made this bet. If Jerry wins, Larry will ship him to Ireland a Wolf Fuller jersey. And <laughs> if Larry wins, Jerry has to tweet every day that Larry is his hero and the Dynasty Hot Sauce podcast is the best podcast. So hey, I do not support this. <laughs> well, I, so, I said last week, Bill was sick last week, so he doesn't know a lot of what was said last week. But I'd said, I had said, you know, it's not right of Larry to make Jerry lie because obviously we all know the fancy timeline is the best podcast out there. But <laughs> I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Um, but that's going to be a fun one to watch. And, you know, I think Jerry is also in the background trying to trade for that pick as well. So I'm sorry, I can see I can see Bill working the phones right now. I, I'm sure he's he's trying to trade up to draft Trey McKitty. Uh at, yes, I, am. Yeah. I love Trey McKitty. <laughs> Guaranteed that's the sleeper of the draft. Like that's I can't, that's I one can't of the find, few sleepers. Like people nobody knows about Trey McKitty. I can't, I can't find a pro day. I can't find pro day numbers for him though. So I don't have a RAS score. <laughs> <laughs> so so I have a feeling that in like the fourth. Bill is going to be like, can we please get Trey McKitty? Bill, we don't need to do it right now. No, come on, Josh, for real. Can we, let's just draft them. Bill, we don't need to do it right now. I love Trey McKitty. 
and <laughs> he'll probably end up talking me into it because I'll just be like, all right, fine, Bill, whatever you want. It's the fourth <laughs> round. I, I'm not going to fight this for too long. Uh, and we'll probably end up having him on our team. I hope uh, everyone in the league is listening to this and someone gets uh, <laughs> tries to get smart and takes him in the third. You can have him. Uh, and we, Bill and I won't have to have the argument, but, uh, but we'll see. So let's move on to our next tweet from Boyd Killingworth at Dynasty Boyd. Which rookie wide receiver would you rather have on your team? Moving from QBs to wide receivers, Amon Ra St. Brown, Tylen Wallace, or Diami Brown. So, Bill, we're going to start with you first. Bill says, no, don't start with me first. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> yeah, they're fine. Bill, Bill hasn't caught up to his wide receivers yet, which is why I put him on the spot first because I, I knew he. I would, I think I would take Diami Brown. Um, that's probably who I'd take. Why? I can't give you an explanation. Sound, sounds good. You're welcome. Uh, let, let's, let's go to the guru here before I chime in with my, uh, with my rudimentary musings. So, Zach, who do you like in this scenario? I've got your explanation, Bill, because I'm with you. I like Diami Brown out of these three the best, which is saying something because normally when we get into this type of situation, I'm breaking ties towards slot receivers because I want guys who drive volume. I think that's the easiest way to get production. Uh, but uh, Brown is my wide receiver six. So I, I've got some combination of uh, Rondell Moore, Jamar Chase, and Devontae Smith as my top three, then Bateman and Elijah Moore as my next. And then after those five, it's Deami Brown. And, and the reason I think for me that I have Deami Brown there is he is the next closest thing to an X receiver in this draft behind Jamar Chase, at least for me. Uh, I think he can win downfield. I think he was asked to do less than he can do. So you may see him come in and do like a Deontay Johnson where like Deontay Johnson came in as a downfield threat, but but they opened up his game in Pittsburgh and and you know started working him underneath and, and driving more targets. I think De'Ami Brown can do that sort of thing. Uh, and, and again, 2,000-yard seasons – at North Carolina, uh, where I think the biggest knock on him is he drops balls. I don't care about that. That doesn't affect me at all in fantasy football, and they'll continue to throw the ball deep to him because when you hit on one of those, it's it's you know big big points. I mean that's why air yards is a thing. You throwing the ball deep and 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 you know, it, it doesn't have as much chance to be completed, but when it does, the return on those throws is is big. It's a boon to the team. And I think that that's what, that's what De'Ami Brown uh, can bring to your fantasy team. And the other two guys, they're fine. I've got them at, uh, at eight, Wallace at eight, and, and Amon Ross St. Brown at nine. But again, this class to me drops off really steeply right around where De'Ami Brown is. Okay, so we got we got two for the Ami Brown and well one and a half. Let's be honest, <laughs> Bill. You're a full man, even if you don't know much about well, the players. Half an in opinion. Track, you're a full man. We're gonna count it as two. Zach, I, I was hoping that you would 
realize that Bill, you know, hasn't studied yet and you <laughs> you wouldn't listen to anything. I'm not studying when I can listen to you guys. I know. But I, I'm actually a big Tylen Wallace guy. Um and I obviously, Zach, like you said, you got you got your big boys, you got your top, you know, three, four, and then I think everybody is, you know, the next maybe five guys are very close in, you know, you can mix them up and I probably couldn't argue too hard. And obviously you have uh, Wallace right after Brown. So it's not like yeah. you, you think Wallace sucks or anything like that, but I like, you know, and this is a bias of mine. So I guess this is, you know, maybe why I have him, you know, best out of these three. I, I love dudes that, are good with the 50 50 ball. I, I just, I love it. And it's, it's one of my things. I like a guy that can go out there, throw it in the air and my guy's going to come down with it. And I think that is one of the spots where Tylen Wallace excels. I also think, and I haven't heard too many people talk about this, or maybe I'm just not listening to the right people. I haven't people talk, haven't heard people talk about his r- route running which I think he's like a good route runner. He's not an excellent route runner. He's not, you know, an elite route runner. But I, I think he is a good route runner. So those two things combined are, are two things. I love good route runners, and I love guys who, who excel at the 50-50 ball. And I think that is – I think that's the reason why I have Wallace slightly ahead of the other two. Now, if I was drafting an all – cool name team it's Amon Ross St. Brown that'd that'd be my guy but um I'm with you out of these three I think I would have him third um I I almost think that St. Brown has to get drafted to the right situation for him to kind of excel and let's face it there might be like three or four of those places in the league and I don't like the odds so I think I think St. Brown is riding the four touchdown quarter on national TV this past like I really right. think like you didn't hear anything about him uh other than he was Equinemius's brother and and his dad was Mr. Universe like that's all you heard <laughs> and and then all of a sudden he had that four touchdown quarter and it was on national television and yep. then Twitter burned and Amon Ross St. Brown became a thing and I, like I watched him and I like you know he the things I want a slot receiver to do, he doesn't do. He doesn't he doesn't attack zone very well, which you know, in the NFL, you're seeing a lot of out of the slot, a lot of junk defenses over the middle, especially where they've gone to a lot of dime and, and the smaller, the smaller players, uh, you know, extra corners or you know, that sort of thing. You're seeing a lot of a lot of zone out of the slot, and he tends to almost orbit defenders so instead of instead of getting into an open area and sitting down because zones are cheats there are lanes in zones and if you know where they are and can get there you can create throwing lanes for a quarterback what he does is he goes and he gets kind of next to a defender and just kind of hangs around there and that's not what i want and and i also think that sometimes you see his effort kind of lack and and so yeah he's definitely third i like i like tylen wallace you won't hear you won't hear me say bad things about tylen right. wallace uh i just i think that he's probably not going to be the primary option for an nfl team and mm-hmm. he is such a good blocker i think you're going to see him do a lot of that which 
sometimes takes him out of you know route running and and making plays. So, so uh, you're he's the next Laquan Treadwell. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, <laughs> don't, I think he's, don't you put that evil on him, Bill? He's he's, he's a little a really bit, good blocker, uh, he, Treadwell. He's a little better separator than Treadwell. Wallace is not as big as you like. He plays like he's bigger, but he's only what like six feet, like one ninety something like that. Yeah, yeah, he's not he's not huge, so. I don't know. Like he's he's okay, but I'm still I'm still rolling the dice on Deami Brown as a as a as an ex receiver, as a guy who can get outside, get down the field, can play out on an island, but also I think he's got room to grow his game uh, in the in the short and intermediate routes too. And just to wrap up this question, this is a good reason why like trading your seconds away is a really good idea because guess what. You're you're gonna have a guy like Zach who has Deami Brown as the best of that group that's going to be there. You're gonna have a guy like me who thinks Tylen Wallace is gonna be the best out of that group there. Uh, friend of the show, John Bauer thinks you know he he likes Amon Ross St. Brown. He's been, you're gonna find a guy who likes all these guys, and to me, they're all very similar talent wise. <laughs> so trade them picks, get yourself assets that have actually produced in the league. And let somebody else try to figure out who out of these next five or six guys are going to be the guy that actually breaks out. Yeah, or in in this class especially, if you've got a guy like if if you're Bauer and and he and he really believes in Amonra St. Brown, go go trade up and get like get your guy. If you've got a guy, if if you have a player that you like, if you have a player that you think is going to hit, don't be dissuaded into not going and and getting them in in this class. I think Peter Peter Howard is has really kind of pounded this point home recently with rookie drafts, but he says, you know, in a in a startup draft, you can you can trade back and acquire picks and you can move around and 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 trade back is the is the play. In a rookie draft sometimes you need to go up and make make that move. Uh I, I know for me the last couple of years like I went and made moves to get AJ Brown. I went and made moves to get Justin Jefferson. And and I wasn't having to to sell the farm because I was getting AJ Brown at 110, 111. I was getting yeah. Justin Jefferson at like 108, 109. Uh I think I traded up to 107 in one league because that was I couldn't get the 108 and so I was like, well, I'm not going to not get Justin Jefferson. I'm going to I'll I'll bite the bullet. But like things like that if you if you have somebody that you specifically uh, want, th- this is ultimately fantasy football needs to be fun, and that's fun. Getting on the clock and picking the guy you want is fun. So go yep. do that. Yep. Agree one hundred percent. So uh, th- this will be our last question, but we'll get through it quickly because uh, want to spend the last few minutes uh, picking Zach's brain here. So this is from (laughs) not about him. Uh, Adam Pfeiffer at a Pfeiffer 24. Who is your favorite running back in this draft class outside of the top three, which is obviously Najee Harris, Javante Williams, and Travis Etienne. Go. I'm going to start and I'm going to say none of the above. Uh, I mean, (laughs) after those big three, I mean, I think it's all, you know, throw a dart. You can you can give me reasons why Kenny Gainwell is that guy. You can give me your Trey Sermons, your Chuba Hubbards, and 
I, I don't have a favorite after those big three. So there's no way that you like in particular. Like it's not like necessarily that they're the fourth best, but is there somebody that you go, man, this guy's intrigues me more than other players? No, be, be, and here's the reason why. Because I, I think each one of those guys has like that thing, depending on who the guy is, that you can kind of talk up and say, okay, like this could be a reason why they could, you could have them in as the fourth guy or the guy that you think might be able to break out besides the big three. But they have more question marks. So they're like, I mean, if yeah, you, but if I don't you, think that's the question. It's just who's your who's somebody that you like, like who's somebody that like intrigues you. It's not even necessarily who's the fourth best guy. It's just outside of that pack. Like so, so if you if you put a gun to my head, because I understand what you're saying, and yeah. I'm literally saying like none of the above. So you but, will literally not draft a running back after that. No, or I there's will. not somebody that intrigues you at all. No, I, I mean, I will be drafting some of those guys because I have late seconds. I have thirds. Like, it's not like there's like 22 wide receivers that should be drafted before running back four. But if if I'm at that area where I'm looking around, I mean, my guy would probably be Chuba Hubbard. I'm kind of it's kind of a toss up between Chuba Hubbard and Trey Sermon. I think gun to my head. I think I'd go Chuba Hubbard. And, you know. That's just because, like, gun to my head. But you could definitely give me reasons why Chuba Hubbard should be that guy. You could give me reasons why Kenny Gainwell should be that guy. I, Kenny Gainwell's size scares me a little bit, and I think that's a reason why I'm not as high on him as maybe some other people are. But, um, Bill, who's your guy? Who's who's that I think next Trey guy? Sermon's the guy that I, I, I like, am drawn to. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily, like, um, that I think he's the fourth best, mm-hmm. but he's, like, the person that I keep paying attention to, and I'm, like, really interested to see, like, where he goes. And, and so that's kind of, like, my answer is, like, who's my favorite running back in the class? It, I think it's him, just because right. I'm so interested to see. Like, I, I feel like it's – if he falls into a good spot, I, I could get really excited about him. And like, I guess that's my answer. It's, it has nothing to do with like technical ability. It has nothing to right. do with anything. It has to do with like, you know, when he was at Oklahoma, like I felt like he was a, a solid back and I like enjoyed watching him play. And then he went to Ohio state and I mean, what it was 7.5 yards per carry. I mean, that's, I mean, that's not like something that you want to, bank on you know like right. i'll get yelled at by the uh <laughs> um you know the non-tape grinders about that and um but you know i i just i'm, I'm pretty intrigued up with him and where he ends up all right zach educate us Who, who's that next guy that that piques your interest outside of the big three running backs so because I don't think we have anybody else who's going to come in and potentially carry a backfield, I, I like I don't see another running back being drafted right now to specifically come in and carry a backfield. I start to look at receptions. And we, we just talked about Amon Ross St. Brown. Amon Ross St. Brown had 41 catches for 478 yards and seven touchdowns this past year. Uh, Kenny Gainwell in 2019 had 51 receptions for 610 <laughs> yards and three touchdowns. He weighed in over 200 pounds at his pro day. He came in at 201. He ran a 442. So he's got the speed. He's got the receiving ability. 
he put on enough weight so I'm not afraid of him uh, as a as a ball carrier. But I think he can do so much. He was the most fun I had uh, watching tape this year. Like he was. There was nobody that was as much fun as Kenny Gainwell. And I think it's it's really interesting because he he does this thing where he like he eludes tackles, but he also breaks tackles. He's got really good upper body control. And so when he gets hit, he'll contort his upper body and it ends up being a glancing blow and he can continue on. And because of this and his compact running style, he can actually carry the ball pretty well. And so I think what you've got is a player who will be drafted to be a receiving back, to be a third down back, to be a a guy who can make plays in space out of the backfield. But you're going to end up with somebody who, much like TJ Yeldon a few years ago, uh, like like Savan Ahmed this past year, if somebody in front of him gets hurt, he can carry the ball for two or three weeks and, and you'll be fine. Plus, you've got that receiving upside. And so to me, that's that's where I'm going. And if you're going to push me further down, it's Kylan Hill. Uh, Kylan Hill mm-hmm. is that guy who I, I think that everybody forgot about because he this this past year he didn't really play. He, he opted out and he, he also had a, a bunch of like – social justice causes that he was championing and and he decided right. that was that was more important than football it's another thing i like i mean you got a guy with his head on straight yes. and 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 that that's something i'll i'll put a check in his corner for that in his favor but but you also saw him come in in that mike leach offense and like catch i mean he caught had 20 something receptions this year in three games like he came in and and you saw that he's a pass catcher too so he's a guy that i think you can get much later. I mean, you're seeing him go probably third round right now, maybe sneak down to the fourth and, and has again, that, that pass catcher plus uh, profile that I look for that, you know, a, a season or two in college with 20 or more receptions and the ability to carry the ball. And, and, you know, both of those guys, Gainwell and Kylan Hill, I think both fit that, that bill. Cool. So hopefully Adam, that gave you some ideas out after those first three are taken. Some guys you may want to uh, take a look at. I would say um, listen to Zach's ideas because <laughs> obviously um, none of the above is not a player you can draft. So uh, that that won't work out for you. And uh, all Bill has on his mind right now is Trey McKitty anyway. So, you know, whatever, he, whatever else he's talking about, you know, <laughs> do, doesn't matter. Yeah, but, always. But I'm the Trey McKitty. Uh, field of thought here. But before we before we thank you for being on, no one asked about tight end, so I, I want to do a little tight end talk before we before we usher ourselves out. Obviously, everyone loves Kyle Pitts. I don't think we need to say much about him. <laughs> Bill Bill really loves him. Took him at one hundred and four. I love it. I you know I'm not even uh can't even can't even be mad at it. I like it. Um, but. Who are some guys, you know, that maybe should be ranked a little bit higher than they are? Maybe they're ranked too high and some sleepers <laughs> that maybe we don't know about yet. That's that's fr- you want me to to uh, Friermuth slander. Like I I, I feel oh, that. Hey, like hey, I hey. I know that that's what you're trying to do. I'm not that kind I, of guy. I, I know I know you you said you listened to the show that J Mike and I did the other day, and everyone keeps calling Friermuth baby Gronk, and I, I am often the one to point out that Glenn 
was also a Gronkowski. Yes, that's and, the baby Gronk. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, <laughs> like I, I know Friar Muth is a Penn State guy, and everybody loves him. But, but I liked Brevin Jordan better than I liked Friar Muth on on film. Now his pro day and the athleticism numbers give you a lot of pause because he, he came in and did not run very well. Uh, he wasn't particularly agile. And if you look at if you look at again. Kent Lee Platt with with at Math Bomb with the RAS scores. I mean, he was down. I think it was mid fours with his with his RAS score, and you're looking for above a seven for a tight end, and that that's the position that it matters the most. Um, so with with most positions, it's it's whatever. But if you look at and he did a he had a great tweet that was uh, Pro Bowl players and and the athleticism score and and the correlation. And quarterbacks mattered a little bit. Running backs mattered a little bit. Uh, receivers mattered a little bit. And tight ends, the Pro Bowlers were averaged above 7.8 out of 10 on, on the relative athletic score. And so that is – and it, that sent me back to when Kyle used to do the dummy cheat sheet. One of the things – that, like my trick for tight ends was – Go ask Kyle because he put in an athleticism score and you could always find guys down at, at the bottom of the draft list with a really high athleticism score. Gave us George Kittle. Uh, it gave you uh, Gerald Everett. It, it gave you, you know, those type of players. It, it even gave you Travis Kelsey, although Travis Kelsey was not an unknown. He was drafted highly, but then got hurt, had the knee injury right. and, and, um, so when I'm looking at at tight ends, I, I like the way Brevin Jordan plays on film, but if I'm looking for that guy back a little bit, and I hate to say this because Bill and I are in a draft right now. We're entering the fourth round where I have my first pick, and he's got a pick ahead of me. But Hunter Long out of Boston College is fantastic with athleticism. He is in the top 15% of athletes at the tight end position since 1987. Wow. Like coming out, like he's, he's legit. Uh, he also had 22% of BC's uh, passing yards and 29 and a half percent of their receptions this year. So even though BC doesn't throw, even though Hunter, Hunter Long's numbers aren't gaudy, I mean, he had 57 catches for 685 yards and five touchdowns. It doesn't look like great. There's a lot to like about Hunter Long as a later round tight end that could end up developing into one of those athletic tight ends that we're looking for. So, so since, uh, since Bill only has one tight end on his mind, do you know what the RAS score for Trey I, McKitty was? I, I don't. I haven't been able to find Trey McKitty's pro day. <laughs> like I, I, I've, I've been searching. I have not been able to find Trey McKitty's pro day. I do have a great GIF of uh, of, yes. of, <laughs> of yes, it's, it's I not really it's not really Trey McKitty, but like well, yes, it what is. it's Victor Victor Cruz salsa dancing with a cat head on. So it's I mean it's my Trey I McKitty like GIF, but. But yeah, no, uh, I haven't. I haven't been able to find his athletic score. I haven't so, been able to find any of his testing numbers. But I, I did look. <laughs> Bill, we will not be drafting Trey McKitty. Doesn't that, have a no, score. That's cool. We're not. We're not getting them. Um, now, Zach, there is. I am in a sixteen-team league that goes five rounds with rookie picks, Ooh. and I heard you talk about a guy, and I was unfortunately. 
working and I didn't write the name down. So now that I'm completely focused, I believe there's a tight end at South Dakota State. Am I correct on that? You're gonna I don't even I don't have my notes on him right now. Oh. So like I, I got I got nothing for you. You got um, nothing for it. That, I, I've that'll got have to be a private you. chat thing then. Yeah, there, but there there was there was a there was a guy that had like a nine yes nine something and again like this is just it's it's not it's not a magic uh, it's not a magic dart it's not you know the end all be all but when you start looking uh, you start looking at tight ends it's look for athleticism and look for cheap athleticism uh, it was it was Briley Moore was there was go. the name. Yep. And, uh, and, and it was like, he, it was Kansas state, Briley Moore. He ended up with a nine, a 9.02 out of 10 for his, his RAS score. Again, a four, six, six out of the tight end position, uh, is really, really impressive. It's six, four, two forty. So uh, again, I'm not, I'm not advocating you necessarily draft Briley Moore, but it's somebody to keep on your radar Watch the NFL draft. If he gets taken, then things start percolating. Maybe if you've got a taxi squad, fantastic. If you're in a tight end premium league, fantastic. But this is the kind of thing, again, where uh, the year before – so so uh, Kittle's rookie year. I drafted Kittle everywhere. I took Kittle in the Scott Fishbowl. And he ended up with like 700 yards and and was right. okay, and then the next year he was George Kittle, and I had George Kittle everywhere. I had George Kittle on teams where I had Travis Kelsey because Kittle was going in the fourth or fifth, and it didn't like you weren't spending any capital, so why not? And and so that's that's the sort of of play that I like to make with tight ends is I'm not going after Pitts this year. I don't right. want to spend – I don't want to pay up for Pitts. And it's not that I think Pitts is bad. Pitts is my highest-graded tight end uh, since I've been doing film grades. Like, he, he's fantastic. He's a, a, a great player. But – and there's always a but. Mm -hmm. you, like, he's got to land in a situation where they use him. We talked pre-show. There are only five tight ends who have over 100 targets last year. So, right there, all of a sudden – you know, it's a position that doesn't get the usage that you'd like to see. So everything would have to break exactly right for Pitts to to be what you're drafting him to be. So they're like, there's literally no room for error for for Kyle Pitts. If he gets there, fantastic. You you hit, you win. But if he if he falls a little short, you're going to be absolutely crazy because you you missed out on. Jamar Chase, or you missed out on Javante Williams, or you you know to to draft him, and I would rather take my shots on on athletic tight ends later on in the draft. Uh, Dallas Goddard is a prime example. Dallas Goddard, I got you know he was an athletic tight end who who dropped a little bit. You were getting him in the second round, sometimes at the beginning of the third round, and and that's where I will take my swings on tight ends. So, so I did ask because, like I said, that's a that's a sixteen team super flex. It's a one point five tight end premium. Uh, not to brag, but I did win that league last year. So the only <laughs> picks I have left are the four sixteen and the five sixteen because I traded other picks to 
acquire yeah. players that actually helped me out during the season. Um, so write write Briley Moore down and and I, and I don't know if it, CJ Maribel is a running back that you may want to write down too. I don't know if he's gone, but but he's he's a guy to keep an eye on too. And yeah, so and you know usually when you get into that part of the draft, those aren't those aren't picks that usually get traded. So uh, I I will probably be making both of those picks and uh, <laughs> just looking for some some. Home run swings there. I'll probably strike out, but you know, if I can, uh, if I can smack one over the wall, that would it, uh, be nice. It only takes one. And listen, that's that's why I'm here. That's why I'm picking your brain because you <laughs> you guys got guys like C.J. Maribel, and you know, I, listen, I, I've I've actually been able to look at a lot of guys this year. Didn't even hear of him. So, oh, Coastal Carolina. Uh, You're not watching Coastal Carolina. Come on, man. No, listen, listen. I will say, I while I wasn't breaking down Coastal Carolina film, I was watching them beat Zach Wilson and BYU QB four. I just want to bring that in there again, just <laughs> just for everyone that's listening. Um, so, that, so that's the only time I saw Coastal Carolina this year was when they were you know, shut, shutting down Zach Wilson, as they would say. <laughs> so, uh, um, so yeah. All right. So Zach, thank you for coming on, man. Thank you for, you know, your wealth of knowledge, you know, educating mostly Bill, but also educating me because, uh, um, yes, much appreciated Bill, Bill, uh, you know, I think Bill has maybe watched, uh, you know, 15 seconds of film this off season. I've only watched quarterbacks. That's it. And it's only the top like six to seven guys. Which is fine because the team that we co-own, it's in a super flex league. So, you know, at some point, Bill will probably be uh, tapping my shoulder. I'm like uh, the uh, president and I'm going to let the GM make the picks. (laughs) Which isn't true because I'm sure the the second I I bring up. uh, uh, Except for Trey McKitty. I'm the. uh, Yeah. I'm forcing that one in. (laughs) The, he's gonna he's gonna Jerry Jones me and be like, nah, fella. That's gonna sell tickets. See how many jerseys I can sell? <laughs> he'll he'll probably put that pick in uh, while I'm while I'm distracted from the draft and not paying attention. He'll be like, didn't hear from you, buddy. So I just picked Trey McKinney. Hope you're hope you're not uh two oh three. Is that okay? You got a uh, you got a meow mix sponsorship tie in too. <laughs> I mean, like that. this sells itself. Listen. listen. <laughs> Meow Mix, not currently a sponsor, but if you want to be, you know where to find us. <laughs> That's we, right. We, we will be sponsored by Meow Mick. And listen, if we are, I will take Trey McKitty in every draft that I'm in. Okay? <laughs> See, I don't care where go. we're at. I, I will you know, hashtag on brand. So, uh, <laughs> but, but again, Zach, thank you. Yeah, uh, thank you, Zach. T- tell everybody um, where they can find you, you know, what you're, uh, what you're doing and, and all that fun stuff. Oh, well, thank you. Like, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's always a blast to come talk with you. It's it's one of my favorite pods, and you guys are fantastic. I am at TacitAssassin13 on Twitter. You can find me on the DFPN network. It's the only network in town. And uh, right now, it's me and J. Mike uh, recording the Dynasty Dummies, giving you some uh, some rookie talk. Uh, eventually we've had a, some life get in the way, but eventually we're going to go through and, and do one more show with like a catch all, like the, 
the receivers and running backs that we didn't talk about. C.J. Maribel probably end up on there. I'll, I'll give you a little bit uh, on him, but uh, that that's what we're doing. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Salido, uh, Kevin Cotillo, and Stephen Marcus, who who uh, are part of the DFPN network, do the SFB Podathon. You're going to see uh, hashtag SFB11 on your uh, on your timeline a lot. Don't mute it. This is a good thing. This is probably the best thing the community does uh, all year. Uh, no and, and Scott Fish is is the driver, the the kind of the the impetus behind all of it. But the community does so much good and. Sal, Kevin, and Steve do the the SFB Podathon. They do a twenty four hour straight show. Uh, they're talking about having seventy or eighty different guests on this year, like fifteen minute increments, and it's everybody from little guys like me all the way up to uh, JJ Zacharyson and Matthew Barry, and and like the like you know you're talking ESPN, Yahoo, like everybody who's anybody. Uh, and, and we raise a whole bunch of money for charity. So check that out. Uh, the, the SFB Podathon has an account on Twitter. It's at SFB Podathon. Follow them. If you're interested in getting on, get a hold of Sal. But listen, donate. Like that's it's my favorite time of year coming up because it's July is the SFB and the and the Podathon, but this whole lead up is fantastic. Oh yeah. So uh, Oh, go ahead, Zach. I'm sorry. No, no, it's just like this, like to me, and sometimes we forget this. I mean, I know there's been a lot of stuff going on on, on Twitter with the community, and I know that, that it hasn't been the, the, the most inviting, especially toward uh, women and, and that sort of thing. But like this community at its heart is really, really great, and, and this event pulls everybody together and gets everybody swimming in the same direction if you'll pardon the pun and 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 the scott fishbowl does so much good with with that that charity and and so that's i mean it is it's my favorite favorite thing that we do as a as a fantasy football community and zach i mean didn't know you were going to touch on that so so a couple things first of all uh we as you were saying, little guys, Bill and I will be on the, uh, we will be on the Potathon. I, I spoke to Sal. Sal said he already had us written down on the list. So um, we're, we'll be on there at some point when we, uh, when we get more info, we'll, we'll keep you guys updated. This won't be the last time we talk about it, but we're honored that uh, we could get a slot this, uh, this year. And it's funny because Sal said, you know, listen, it's probably going to be 15 to 20 minute increments, but you know, I don't want to hear from anybody if Matthew Barry's on there for 30 minutes. Because let's face it, you know, if you know if, if anybody's down, complaining, they're they got the wrong vibe going anyway. And he said, you know, let's face it, who would you rather listen to, Matthew Barry or yourself? And I being a smart ass, because I'm from North Jersey, my dad's from New York City, just like Sal is. I said, Oh, I would totally pick me. Yes, you Matthew. would. Over Matthew Barry, and, and you know Sal hit me hit me with a gif, and I hit him with a gif, and you know I, I love messing around with Sal because we have that same type of person, uh, that same type of humor. But um, nah, man, it's gonna be good. And like you said, everybody's on there. It's not just like, oh hey, here's a bunch of big guys that you see every day. You know, it's you know, 
it's Zach Reed is going to be on there. You know, Josh and Bill are going to be on there. I know the Dynasty uh, Hot Sauce guys were on there last year, you know. And it's it's cool to see, like, people kind of come up. You know, they start as, you know, in that 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning time slot. And then the next year they're, you know, they're at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you know. And it, it's, it's cool well, that, to see, that, see that come up. Uh, Kate and Michelle, the, the yep. ball blast girls, like they, they were on at like two in the morning a couple of years ago. Last year they were on in like prime time, like a one yep. o'clock spot. And 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 now Michelle's working for the NFL and, yep. and Kate's still, you know, doing the ball blast stuff. And and it's like it really is. It's it, it's such a a cross section of the community, and you get you know, all all walks of life, and you get uh, women, I mean, you get Liz Loza, man, Liz Loza comes on and she is, there is, there are no qualifiers. Liz Loza is my favorite fantasy football analyst. I will listen to any show that she is on and take notes because she is brilliant. And, and, you know, she comes on and it's all the way down to, to people who just started their, their podcasts. And, and so it's, it is, it's, it's great. And it's, the, the the thing that, that you can't forget is it's all for charity. I mean, we yeah. raised last year, Sal and, and Kevin and Steve raised just tons. I feel like it was over sixty thousand. It was yeah. it was just an incredible was- amount of money. It's such a such a generous community and it's it's just such a fantastic event. I always I feel like I've gotta mention it just because it's it's such a great, great thing that the community does. No, and and, and- we're glad that you mentioned it too, because you, you know, you touched on it a little bit. I'm, I'm not going to touch on it much at all, but you know, there, there was some, some idiocy and that's, I'm putting it mildly, but idiocy that happened in the community. I'm not going to say what it is. You can figure it out on your own if you go on Twitter, but Scott took that as an opportunity to say, you know what? I want more women. Yeah. Not fishbowl. And one of one of our good friends, someone that we actually met through our SFB Eliminator last year, uh, Lindsay Kennedy, who said awesome show as always. We nominated her because we're like, she's such a good person. She's great. She loves fantasy. Like, let's get her in the fishbowl. And uh, Drew, who we had a question from earlier, actually, I think first nominated her. I seconded it because I was like, oh my god, if th- if there's like one female that I could push for to get into Scott Fishbowl. It's her. Uh, Bill was on that train as well. Uh, Rocky was on that train. And Scott was like, just sent her an invite. And I was like, awesome. Yes. Like I was like, and I actually tweeted, I was happier seeing her get an invite. than When I got my invite last year. Exactly. Like I was like, this is awesome because that could have just been a negative that we talked about. And, eventually moved past because time just happens and we and we move past these things but scott took it as an opportunity not just to get Lindsay in but to get a lot of women into scott fishbowl this year and maybe more women that would have gotten in had this not happened so if we can take you know have a good takeaway from a bad situation scott did it and scott is always doing stuff like that like he runs the biggest fantasy football tournament in the world. And he could have just sat on that and said, hey, this is what I do. I run this massive tournament. But it doesn't stop there. He goes, well, 
why can't I raise a crap ton of money for yeah. children, for, yeah. for children that need it? And last year with everything that was going on with the pandemic and, and social justice issues, Scott actually said, hey, like, just like donate to like what is close to your heart. And like you said, I think the Potathon raised either over 60000 or near $60,000. That was kind of like during the heart <laughs> of the pandemic. Yeah. People were worrying about work, maybe had lost their jobs. And I mean, I'd even heard Sal say, like, I wasn't expecting this. Like, I knew that certain people were going to be struggling and people did. And the community was just like, nah, man, like we got this. And, you know, Bill and I, we actually got the the idea from Sal Stefanale. So I want to give him credit because it's not an idea we came up ourselves. But when we saw the idea, we were like, holy crap, why don't we do this? And our eliminator, we auctioned, I put that in quote, off our picks. And we just said to people, we said, hey, if you guys combined can donate a combined $50 to whatever charity you want. We're not telling what charity to do it. We'll auction off one of our picks. I think they didn't understand us because everyone started saying, oh, I donated $50 to this and I donated. So we actually ended up auctioning off like four or five <laughs> of our picks because we were like, this is way more. We we got almost $500 from yeah. various charities. And it was like, that's obviously just a drop in the bucket compared to like what like Sal and Scott and those guys are doing. But like it it brings that out in people. Like it brings that like, Hey, like what can we do? Like even as us little guy, you know, like, you know, we don't have a hundred thousand Twitter followers, you know, we're not a massive podcast, but it's just like, what can we do ourselves with the platform we have? And various charities just got donations that maybe they wouldn't have gotten had we not brought this up in our eliminator chat. And, you know, like Bill and I are like, my God, like, like even just with our little platform, we were able to do a little something to progress just the giving cause and the giving feeling and that attitude of giving. So, I I mean, I love it to me. It's never about like, am I going to get into Scott Fishbowl? Like last year was my first year getting in like, and I loved it. I loved the experience. I loved meeting tons of new people. Guess what? If I don't get an invite this year, I'm still going to love cheering for literally everybody that's in yeah. it because, you know, but you know, if, if you know, friends of like, I, I know that uh, Russ dynasty outhouse is already in it. Like I'll be cheering for him. Cause he's my dad network brother. If Bill gets in and I don't, I'll be cheering for Bill. Like, it's yeah. not about like, am I going to get in? Who cares? Like, I, you know, like I would love to, I'm not saying like, don't give me an invite, Scott, but if it's not meant to be cool, like let's still do all the other stuff anyway. And and that's the thing. There's so many peripherals. There's, there's so much going on outside of the tournament that yeah. you can be part of something bigger, even if you're not in that, you know, 1400 people that are in the tournament. It's, it's really awesome. And I, I, I like what you said. It, it reminds me of, for love of the game, the catcher, Gus Sinski, where he comes into the hotel room and he says, you know, a lot of little bottles make a big bottle, Chappie, when, <laughs> when he goes after the hotel mini bar. And that's yep. exactly it. Like, it doesn't have to be a $100,000 donation. It, yep. it, it can be 
five at a time, you know, from, from a whole bunch of people and it adds up and, and that's, it really is. It's about that community. It's about giving and, and it's about kind of all working together for a common good. And it's, it's awesome. And I, I love that Scott fish spearheads it. And I love that the community has rallied around this and, and made it as big as it is in it. And it's only getting bigger. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I told a bunch of people last year, my, my Scott fishbowl dream is not even to win the tournament. Like, obviously, that would be cool. But my my dream is that one day I will be able to shop for the toys. Because yeah. when I see those pictures, man, it's yeah. like, dude, this is freaking awesome. And, like, you never see a picture of the people who have just shopped for those toys. And they have, like, the stoic face. Like, they're trying to look tough. Like, huge smiles. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like I saw Sal, Sal brought his family to do it. Like people bring their families, their friends, like, Hey, like I'm doing this thing, come by and help me out. Even if like, you know, maybe Sal's kids don't really know like what Scott Fishbowl is. Maybe they do. I don't, I don't know personally, but like even just bringing in people that have like no idea, like, Hey, what are you doing? Like, Hey, like I was a part of this big thing that tons of people donated to. And now I get to go to a Target or a Walmart or whatever store you're going to, and I get to buy presents for underprivileged children. Like, yeah. like that's my dream. Like, that's honestly yeah. my Scott Fishbowl dream. Like, it's not like I don't even care. Yeah, you know, get in, don't get in, whatever. You know, like last year was my first year in. I made the playoffs, which was honestly a miracle. We were actually in the same. We were in the yeah. E-Man division together. You kept sniping me. Yeah, I uh, remember. Which is funny because you kept sniping me. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like a turnabout was fair play. But I remember my injuries got so bad I had to start Kyle Juszczyk at running back one week because the injuries were so bad. But, like, I made the playoffs. And I was like, wow, way further than – I mean, honestly, on the show, I was like, Bill and I were going to come in first and second <laughs> just to be funny about it, just to get, get some laughs from people. But, like, I made the playoffs, and I was like, wow, this is amazing because there's no reason – that I should be here. But the people that are like in that, like Bob Lung was in yeah. uh, the 107 chat with us. And, you know, you have, you know, you have, you know, Carlos Boozer was in it. Like you have athletes, you have celebrities, you, you know, and then it's like, you know, it's guys like us, but like everybody gets into it. And like you said, there's so many peripherals, the, like the SFB Avi team, we're like cranking it out. It's crazy, but I mean, we should probably wrap it up because we've been going on for a while about Scott Fishbowl, but that will do it to you once it gets brought up. It kind of, uh, you can't. Uh, I say we, we can stop it. We can run it back. We can do an entire second show just about the Scott Fishbowl. What do you think? No, I'm sure we will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, as as we get even closer, my God, I mean, <laughs> The amount of words we spe- we we use for a Scott Fishbowl will increase and will still not be enough. I'm so, already starting to write "Twas the night before Fishbowl." I do that every year. I do it yeah. "Twas the night before Fishbowl," <laughs> yes, and do. I did it. I even the first year I did it was was the year before I got in. So like Kyle right. and I were like nobodies, and I was like the Scott Fishbowl. Like this is awesome what they're doing, and I was just like, all right, I'm gonna. This is this is what i do i i do words and yep oh uh oh oh no zach you're breaking up oh no well we might have lost might have lost might have lost zach uh 
Zach, if you can hear us, uh, it looks like your your internet may have timed out on you. But um, all right. On that note, we'll so wrap I started it up. writing oh, for a little bit. It was the night before fishbowl, and now it's it's. <laughs> Oh, oh no. boo! All right, we'll, yeah, let's we'll, call it. We'll end it here. Thank you to everybody in the chat, Drew, Lindsay, everybody else. Appreciate you. People were in and out. Steve, remember, remember to subscribe. Leave a comment, whether it's on YouTube or you're in your podcast directory, and uh, and we'll see y'all next time. Bill, we're out of here. Late.